there is always a place of disconnection that leads to disease. We're disconnected from each other. We're disconnected from the world around us and nature, and we're disconnected from ourselves. When we choose love is when healing takes place. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw and welcome back to Vibe. Since you last heard from me, I just moved again. I just moved across town, just across the same freeway exit um, here in Park City, Utah. And I am absolutely loving my new house because my office is on the main floor and I have beautiful views everywhere. It's way up about 100 yards above a golf course. Hopefully when they spray garbage on it, I don't breathe it. Um, about 100 yards away from it and 100 yards up. And I'm just loving the new space. I did not love my basement office in the four bedroom condo that I bought a year ago and have lived in the last year. So big life transition. Once again, there's always life transitions, right? And when we can, you know, learn to find the joy in it and just lean into it and, and not always be thinking, I'll be happy later. I'll be happy later when I move. I was very careful to not do that. When it started, I started to be aware that living in a very cold ski town where I have to go downstairs and work full time in a basement office, I started to realize I really didn't like it. Um, I was like, I'm going to still be happy, even though this bothers me. And, you know, of course, I'm also really aware of how first world that problem is. Speaking of finding the joy in whatever stage of life you're in, and even in a flawed, imperfect world, our uh, podcast producer, Sue, has launched her own podcast. If you want to check it out, it's on iTunes and other places where you can find podcasts, and it's called a cup of joy. So make sure and support her over there. Uh, it's it's great uh, um, higher level thinking and thinking in terms of the world around us and our connection to it, which is a great bridge to who I am interviewing today, who is a friend of mine named Razzie Berry. That's her real name. It's R-A-Z-I. She did not make that up. It's a pretty cute name, but um, it's what her mother actually named her. And she is a longtime journal editor and founder of Natural Path. Um, she really brings naturopathic physicians together. She's run some really cool summits on natural can- cancer prevention, the heart revolution, heal, empower and follow your heart. But right now she's working on a docuseries she's launching called Love is Medicine. How interesting is that? That makes you want to jump into it, doesn't it? She was, as a very young child, very, very ill. She had terrible infertility problems later. She had chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. And it was when she sort of opted out of the drugs and surgery methods and started looking at naturopathic medicine that she started to get well. She, according to all of her risks early in life, she shouldn't have lived this long. Um, And so she has really learned and lived the mind-body healing paradigm. And she's a huge fan of naturopathy and bringing it to others and protecting and preserving the vital life force in all living things. She's a gentle, sweet soul. She's physically beautiful 
Um, and she's really an inspiration because she's overcome a lot of disease and a lot of challenges in her life. So I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend, Razzie Berry. So welcome to the Vibe Show, Razzie Berry. Hi, Robin. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so pleased to have you. I know you have something very cool coming up that I want to talk about. Um, but let's start with your background, um, running a journal of, of naturopathic medicine. Tell, tell us why you got into that field and why you love it. Give us some background. Well, it starts um, actually when I was a teenager. I uh, was in the hospital dying of heart failure. Um, and to make a long story short there, I had a transformational experience. I basically had, I was dying of heart failure because I had an eating disorder. And so the priest had come in and did last rites. Uh, Father McGuire, who was our family priest, came into Phoenix Children's Hospital, did last rites, which in the Catholic tradition I was raised in is basically a sacrament for the dying. Um, and so I had a spontaneous healing. So my heart, which was failing me at age 14, I had a spontaneous healing that some people call a near-death experience. Uh, some people just don't. We do know in the research that spontaneous healing does happen, cancer, all kinds of illnesses. But what that did was it planted this question in my mind um, that was this, where does healing come from? And it planted that question because I was raised in a very conventionally leaning um, medicine family. And so whenever we were sick, like we would go to the doctor and get a shot or get a prescription or we would, you know, our fevers were always suppressed. My mom just didn't know any different. So I was like, and my whole family was like, wow, usually it's the doctor that heals you. This time the doctors couldn't do anything and yet I healed. So that kind of planted this early seed throughout my life. And later on, um, when I was in my mid twenties and became very chronically ill, which was later diagnosed as chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, I was still kind of in the conventional medicine world. And I was going from doctor to doctor to doctor to try to get help. Meantime, my pain was so bad that I would like have to crawl across the floor of my apartment to get to the bathroom from my bed and back. So I'd had a really um, great career in real estate and um, I had to just quit my job. Then the medicines the doctors were putting on were very strong. It'd make my hair fall out. Um, you know, there were steroids and pain pills and antidepressants and things to help me go to sleep at night and things to wake me up in the morning. And I just didn't want to do that anymore. So I went to my doctors at the Mayo Clinic actually and said this isn't working for me i don't want to cover up these symptoms i want to get better and that's when she said if you don't want to take these medicines um then you need to see our psychiatrist the psychiatrist was like like you know mentally you're fine but the doc other doctors were like this is all in your head so i fired them robin i said you know i had tears streaming through all of this and i was like you're fired and so similar to your story with saving your son when he was very young from failure to thrive, I was like ready to take my health into my own hands. And that's when I eventually discovered naturopathic medicine. And then I ended up marrying a student, a naturopathic medical student, and realized that there wasn't 
really a journal that the, the profession was so young and so emerging um, that there wasn't one. And so I just felt like evangelical about wanting people to understand, just like when you went on your 450 city tour, teaching people about how they can heal through food um, and now fasting. I just wanted people to understand that there is hope and your body can heal. And that's why I started uh, Naturopathic Doctor News and Review. And now we're in our 15th year of publication. And I know that you've published over 2000 case studies. I think you kind of just dive into a specific case study about one uh, healing case. What have you learned? If you kind of step back up to the 35,000 foot view, what have you learned reviewing 2000 cases over the last almost 15 years? What I'm about to say, like, does it's not going to sound like rocket science, but I think it's a really simple but powerful shift that patients and clinicians need to take. So what I found is that there is always a place of disconnection that leads to disease. I, you know, I look back on my heart failure and the eating disorder. You know, you can't, you can't starve yourself and ignore your body's cues and, you know, and not nourish yourself if you're connected to yourself. You can't, um, you, you can't, you know, eat your way into an, like to diabetes or heart disease if you're really connected to yourself you can't we can't have people that abuse and traumatize children into a future autoimmune disease if we're connected to each other and we can't poison our world into hormonal and endocrine disruption if we're actually connected to the earth so it's it's simple but powerful. We're we're disconnected from each other. We're disconnected from the world around us and nature, and we're disconnected from ourselves. And it's just a simple switch to reconnect to those sources of love, which you know you talk a lot about vibration. You wrote a book about, about vibration. It's like what it comes down to that healing capacity that we have, that nature has, that we can experience between people in a relationship. That is, yes, it's a vibration, it's a force. And when we choose love, the way we eat, the way we move, the way we relate, the way we talk, the way we just move through our day and the daily decisions we make, that's where I've seen in all of these cases is when healing takes place and when it doesn't. Interesting. And I know that in the past year or so, you've really been studying what you call the science of intuition. And I, I'm super excited to hear what you have to say about it because I could not have been more disconnected from my intuition in my 20s and and even my 30s. And one of the great discoveries in my 40s and now into my 50s is to listen to my intuition because mm-hmm. it's usually right. And mm-hmm. it may not send me like, you know, two sentences of information. It just sends me... Um, very important information that I need to usually sit with for a while before I understand it. But it has made me a better mother. It's made me a better lover. It's made me um, a better citizen of the earth, a better colleague. And so I'm excited to hear what the science of intuition is, because I know that you talk about how it helps you make the right decisions in, in all those areas, business, love, life. Yes. Yes. So what a lot of people think intuition is, I think it's really misleading. It's, um, it's often thought to be this psychic phenomenon 
And I'm not saying that psychic phenomenon doesn't exist. I think it does. I wouldn't call myself a psychic. And I think some people perhaps are. But what intuition is, it's a full body physiological experience that we all have, no matter whether you think you have it or not. Like I, I'm studying it, I'm writing about it, but it doesn't mean I have something that somebody listening doesn't have. So it's an innate part of our physiology that's rooted in these kind of hidden from us or un, like not really talked about senses of perception that we have that we don't really pay attention to, but there's a growing body of evidence around that. And then that is mediated by what I call <clears throat> our three hearts. So sometimes like the stomach is called the second brain, right? Where our three hearts are our three nervous systems, really. One is in your head and your central nervous system. One is in your center of your body, your chest, your intracardiac nervous system. And then the other is, yes, your enteric nervous system in your gut. And they all, of course, speak to each other. And through, yes, the vagus nerve, but also through lymphatic flow, through the entire connectome. And it's, it's really a, what I call a physio consciousness. So, you know, I know you're familiar with the late Candace Pert, who was an amazing pharmacologist and cell biologist who discovered the opiate receptor. And she said, you know, these, these receptors that were once thought to be just in your brain, like an opiate receptor, and now we're learning about like um, endocannabinoid receptor, cannabinoid receptors are in like every part of your body, in our sex organs, in our vascular system, just everywhere. And so, Whenever something responds to its environment, that's a form of cognition. So it also takes in the field of embodied cognition where we learn that like we think and remember with every cell in our body. I mean, that's how vaccinations are supposed to work, right? So it's like supposedly you introduce something and your body remembers it. Our immune system has a memory. Well, Candace Pert called all of these molecules of emotion she called she said that they were basically chemical substances that the body produces that helps you connect to your greater non-local consciousness and you as an author of many books including one called vibe that speaks about this vibration we know that quantum mechanics and quantum physics can really appreciate now and measure this so the science of intuition takes into context the fact that we have data coming in and surrounding us at all times. You're not just seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, and touching, but also through these really amazing things we're discovering. Like for instance, you have olfactory receptors, which are part of the sense of smell, right? You don't have them just in your nose. We have them in our, in our arteries. It's been discovered in the last six years that our kidneys have olfactory receptors that help sniff out what is in your blood so your body can make constant adjustments we have an ability called chemosensing where we take in information from everywhere food the atmosphere sunlight each other and these subtle chemical messengers that come through like body odor and um just all you know vibration your body takes in a lot of data and we are taught to not trust these messages. So when, when we were taking in, we also have this sense called magnetoception, where it used to be thought that only animals had magnetic sense. And that's how they would migrate 
And that's how like an elephant could, a, you know, a group of elephants in a drought could go find water far away. It's because they have this ability, it's in their eyes, a cryptochrome that can sense these magnetic fields. So it's been very well studied in animals and in fruit flies. And it's also been found that humans also have this. So we've got, you know, when people like love at first sight or when you're in the right place at the right time or the sense of being stared at, like you feel like somebody's watching you, all of these things that are usually attributed to like psychic phenomenon are, is actually a physiological symphony that's happening in your body. And we are taught from the beginning of our lives, Robin, to not listen to that and not trust it. You know, the minute you give birth, the doctor takes the baby, does some blood work, cleans off, you know, whatever the vernix, you are treated as a medical case. And every moment of the, you know, every month of the child's life, they're supposed to be measured and looked at by a doctor. And, and, and that's just like one example of how we're just taught to not really pay attention and listen within. And so what I'm hoping to do is share some of this research I've been doing and just inspire people to understand the amazing capacity of their body to understand and gain access. And that is what intuition is. That's an, I know that was a long-winded answer, but that is the truth about our intuition. Yeah, I'm fascinated by about 16 different things that you said there, um, especially how you said that Candace Kurt is, um, describes molecules of emotion because that puts um, Newtonian principles into play for why it is that we, you know, for instance, when we've detoxed uh, 13,000 people now in our 26-day detox program, and I have this video where I talk about how I became so committed to doing periodic detoxes is is that um, when old proteins dislodged from my body, I was sobbing and I felt this like rush of memory of a person who had abused me extensively the first 18 years of my life. And it just all left me like it brought, it, it came up and it flowed through me as, as a bunch of garbage, a physical garbage left my body. And so my explanation for it, my understanding was it was that, you know, um, proteins, old proteins leaving my body mm -hmm. were the carriers of emotion. And when I went through this physical detox, I let go of some tremendous resentful, um, even angry energy that was holding me back, that really wasn't serving me anymore. I'd outgrown it. It didn't need to be there. And it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. And when people see my video masterclass about um, the detox, when they get to that last video, I don't want them to see it first because it's like, it's like uh, heavy duty stuff. This is like, okay, now you understand the, the physical process of detoxing. Let's talk about what happens for you um, on a more metaphysical level, but they're really interconnected. And so I'm fascinated by this idea that there are molecules of emotion because the idea of a molecule itself is, um, you know, we're supposed to transcend that to go into Einsteinian type of, uh, you know, quantum thinking. So I'm fascinated by what you're doing and how it brings it all together and I'd love it if you just break down intuition a little bit more um, and, and talk about like what it is to you. And, and I know that you say that it's clear that we can improve our intuition. So just talk more about any and all of that. Yes. So I first want to say something about what you just said, like that kind of release that you felt in your body. Like We even know 
you know, we crying and tears, like emotional crying has been studied a lot and it's still kind of quite of a mystery, but in emotional tears, which are also sometimes called psychic tears, there are traces of prolactin, which is, you know, a bonding hormone. Um, there are traces of serotonin. There are leucine and enkephalin, which are natural painkillers. So we know that it kind of feels good sometimes to have a good cry. And I think that's kind of a neat example of molecules of emotion because we often also are taught that emotions are something that we just feel because they're in our head and we're thinking about them. But when you think about what Candace Pert discovered, like, yes, I think we're so much more than these physical beings right now. But um, we all, I think a lot of like new age and even mindfulness, like take us too far out of our bodies. Like our bodies are the tool that we have right now to experience that outer world and each other. And so I think you're really on to something when you felt you were releasing something and able to take new things in. Like who, who can know that to be the truth better than you? So you could go to a doctor or, or a friend or a guru or, or look it up on Google and ask like, oh, was that this? And you know, the answer is inside you. If you had the experience that you were releasing something then you are the one that lives in your body. So that means that is what was happening. And I want us to really trust that more. Yeah, I love I love your breakdown of the molecules of emotion might be when you cry and you release emotion um, being there's serotonin in your tears, there's natural painkillers, there's I think you said prostaglandin. Um, it reminds me of my interview of Bruce Lipton. And I swear, I still probably get like couple text messages a week, even months later, mm -hmm. after interviewing him of just like personal friends who I didn't even know were listening to my podcast, um, saying that interview was, was mind blowing. And just one of the many things that he and I covered was he talked about the actual neurotransmitters and chemicals released mm -hmm. when we fall in love and why love is so powerful. Did you, did you interview Bruce Lipton for your docu-series? Tell us a little bit about what the docu-series is about. I, you're, you're so on the same wavelength as him. Yes. Yeah, so I did interview him and I interviewed him a couple of years ago as well for another project I did. And um, one of the things I think is so powerful that Bruce says is that, um, you know, he focuses on the belief. So like he will say he's not really necessarily a fan of, yeah, like a mantra. He said that like if you don't actually believe the mantra that it's not it's not going to make a difference and you'll just reinforce something like a nocebo you know he talks also about the difference between a, a placebo and a nocebo a placebo being like a positive belief in healing and a nocebo meaning a negative belief in healing and we've heard stories of when somebody's told like oh you have six weeks to live and then that's exactly how long they live and I think that your mind, which is, guess what? Your thinking is, yeah, yes, your, th your thoughts are energy, but guess what? They're also creating a chemical, a substance in your body that is moving throughout your entire body, through your bloodstream, between nerve synapses. And it's kind of mediating this vibration and I know you teach a lot about vibration and are like an, an expert in that area. So Bruce um, is, yeah, his work is so powerful. And I think that 
how what we believe to be true makes such a difference in our physiology. Um, and I think that is kind of like a beautiful mystery. It is a beautiful mystery. And I think we're just starting to peel the layers of the onion off. And I know you've been super curious about um, the higher level, more advanced concepts of being well, being healthy. Um, you know, you and I were talking a little bit ago about how I, I see these people in my world and they used to come to my lectures and I would meet them in person of they're just doing everything right. And they're like, I get my two different kinds of cultured foods for my probiotics every day and I eat a perfect diet and, you know, they whatever diet they follow, vegan or paleo or whatever. And mm-hmm. I've got my, my root canal teeth uh, removed and I, you know, they'll tell me all the gadgets they have in their house and I've got the sauna and I've got the non-toxic bed and I replaced the carpet in my house with wool carpet. I mean, we could just go on and on forever. And then um, they are not in tune at all with their vibration and how much time they spend in low, low mm-hmm. frequency states like uh, anxiety and fear mm-hmm. and anger. And I, I mean, I only know this because I spent um, years of my life recovering from a, the first 18 years of abuse. Um, and it took me longer than I wish that it had. I wish I'd figured it out sooner, but now I get to help my children sooner with these higher level concepts that you're, you're trying to teach people in language that we understand, which I appreciate, and interviewing the experts. I know you've got this docu series coming up. Let's let's tell everybody about it. You can find it. You can you can jump into it for free. I think. Yes. Yeah. It's it's um. So the Love is Medicine project, and hopefully people can go to the show notes and get a link. Uh, it's a seven day journey to self healing, and yeah. So basically, it's many experts sharing, you know, some of their story and, um, and giving some evidence towards this, this innate ability to heal that's called vibration, sometimes or naturopathic medicine, it's called the vital force or the life force, some people call it God, some people call it love. And it, uh, we also explore how to get more in touch to really listen to ourselves. Uh, we explore concepts like honesty as medicine, for instance, because how often are we just not really honest with ourselves? Like I hear time and time again from doctors who go over their cases that sometimes they'll sit down with a patient and the patient will be like, why is this happening? And the doctor will say, yes, why is this happening? And most always people know exactly why they got sick. They know that they should have left that relationship or they their job is too demanding or they didn't stick up for themselves or they haven't treated their themselves well with movement or rest or or food and so instead of like a lot of summits which i think are awesome that give people like specific like this is what you eat this is how and when to sleep this is how to detox you know it just more gives people these tools of how to make these subtle switches to start you know, reconnecting with themselves and their inner wisdom because they have to be their own first doctor reconnecting to nature around them because a lot of our disconnection from nature you know and of course we've talked about things like sunlight and the earth's biofield and rhythms and it goes so much deeper than that like every cell in your body has a clock in it every single cell and it's like an animal robin who's deprived from 
their habitat, deprived from their wild, what happens? They, they get sickly, they get weak, they can't um, procreate, they can't, um, you know, I can't even think of the word right now, that sounded very religious, but they can't reproduce. They live much shorter lives and they lose their instinct. When animals are taken out of their natural environment and like put in a zoo or something, they lose their instinct. And that's what happens happening to us as a humanity. And so that's what the Love is Medicine project is about. It's about inspiring people and giving them hope towards reconnecting to who they really are. So then when they are with their guru or their priest or their doctor, they can take that advice and really sit with themselves and discover what is right for them. And then they can take action. I like that a lot because there's a lot of competing information. We've never... We've never been more in need of a very finely tuned intuition radar in a world where there's just thousands of voices screaming at us from all the media that we're exposed to on the internet. Everybody wants to be an influencer and usually they're just, the influence is just a Trojan horse for some product they want to sell. And I feel for my followers who ask me, Hey, what do you think about this person's advice? And what do you think about that person's supplement? And so this is a great time for people to plug into your content to learn how to tune into their intuition. It's our intuition has never been more needed and and probably more difficult to access because of all these chaotic wavelengths from you know all these devices that we have and now a lot of us have 5G rolling in and you know mm-hmm. 5G isn't going to go anywhere because there's too many people who are going to make billions of dollars on it because the internet of things and every device is going to be controllable by an app and and you know smart dishwasher and a smart smart kitty litter box and just absolutely everything and so we have to be protective of of getting back to that finely tuned place i mean you were talking about taking animals out of their habitat and how they start to act strangely and they, they cannot tap into the things that were so mm-hmm. magical about that species. It reminds me of what we did to Native Americans. They were this glorious people who just followed the river and um, they were peaceful people. They were lean and fit and, you know, so creative and had this really uh, impressive culture in so many ways. And then we took them out of their habitat and we stuck them in row houses and made them stay there and gave them government money. And what happened was a catastrophe. Um, Just the alcoholism. And we're just like, Hey, you can run some gambling, but just, you know, stay away from the rivers and don't, don't touch the Buffalo. And um, you can't do what you've been doing for hundreds of years since before we ever came here. Um, And we see what happens when we take people away from what, what nature innately calls them to. So, so we're going to put, um, the free opt-in for the docuseries at greensmoothiegirl.com slash love is medicine. Greensmoothiegirl.com slash love is medicine. It'll be in the show notes, but some of you, if you're like me, I'll, I'll be working out and I'll write down these links that I want to follow. I know that my podcast producer, Sue, who just launched her own podcast. It's called A Cup of Joy. Everyone go listen to A Cup of Joy by our podcast producer here at Green Smoothie Girl, Sue. It's absolutely lovely. You're going to love it. Um, but but I would love to, for you to tell us how tuning into the Love is Medicine docuseries helps people tap their intuition. 
Who are some of the people that you interviewed? What's what are some of the amazing highlights? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, so so many. So we talked with Drew Perowitz from you know Broken Brain, and he talks about uh, you know social connections and some of the science behind connecting with with each other. You know, we talked to Bruce Lipton about your mindset and belief. We talked to Diane Kazor about, you know, we have these social constructs of what, of what we need to do to our bodies to be loved. And she talked about her, you know, breast implant illness and how she defined her whole, um, self, her whole self-esteem regarding the silhouette she had. And then she made this brave decision to have them removed and to learn to love her body on its own. We talked to people about you know, disordered eating, which has so many different forms, right? When you just aren't loving yourself food the way nature intended it to be. Um, we talked to Dr. Gabrielle Leon and we talked to Kimberly Jones, who is an IFBB pro bodybuilder about, you know, how to motivate to do, um, to make the decisions that you're favorite influencer, you know, maybe you learned something awesome at greensmoothiegirl.com and you haven't been able to really make those changes. So some of our experts in the field of like sports and motivation um, share how they've, you know, kept it going throughout trying times like the death of a parent and things like that. And how um, sometimes doing the things that we think are so hard to do are really the most loving things to do for ourselves. Um, we talked to Dr. Joan Boysenko, who's one of the new first leaders. She's a contemporary of Bruce Lipton, who's one of the first leaders to talk about mind-body medicine. And she was a Harvard, you know, trained doctor. And we talked to Bernie Siegel, who is, you know, of course, the author of Love Medicine and Miracles, who helped people heal miraculously from cancer simply by having them draw pictures and share their stories, which led to a self-awareness of what was happening in their body. Mm, that's really exciting. This is a different kind of documentary or docuseries or summit that people are used to tuning into because it's next generation kind of stuff. It's metaphysical, it's uplifting, it's going beyond food and functional medicine. So I'm excited for you to bring this new work to the world, my friend. Thanks, Robin. I was a little nervous because it was a risk to not like give people specific, like you take these probiotics and you eat this kind of food. You know, it's not quite cut and dry like that, but it's really hopefully going to enable people to really be able to make their best decisions based in love. Yeah, this is this is for people who aren't afraid to um, push the boundaries and uh, learn and love more and th for the seekers, for the, for the truth seekers among us. That's why I thought of Sue, my podcast uh, producer. I know that when we finish this episode, she's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go follow Razzie. So how does someone find you in other places besides the docuseries? Where are you on social media and all that? Thank you, Robin. So um, I am on Facebook and Instagram at Razzie Berry. That is, I know it's an unusual name, but it is my real given name. R-A-V-I-B-E-R-R-Y. And you can also find me on my website, which is naturalpath.net, naturalpath.net. And I have a blog there. And my podcast, Love is Medicine, um, where you can soon hear my interviewing you, Robin, is on iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for being with us and good luck with the launch of the docuseries. Thanks, Robin. I appreciate um, you're really a pioneer in this 
field of health. And I, you know, as a former psychotherapist, you really understand that mind-body continuum. And I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So thank you so much.